God is good. All the time. And all the time? God is good. Yes, He is. Well, um, how are you feeling today? Good. Just going to take, take a pulse here a little bit. You doing okay? Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't know about your week, but my week was a little interesting. Yeah. Was your week a little interesting? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and it's been interesting. Uh, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, talking to people and having conversations and uh, watching the news a little bit more than I usually watch the news. And then I remembered why I don't watch the news very much. You know? <laughs> um, I kind of feel like maybe as, as I was praying and thinking about the message this week, I thought maybe we just need to come and take a deep breath, you know, and, and remind ourselves that we're here for a reason. Uh, God deserves our worship, doesn't he? Amen. And we trust him with our lives. And we trust him with our future. We trust him with our past. And we trust him with today. And um, I, was, uh, I was in the car, and I was talking with, uh, I think it was my, my daughter. Right now she's going, oh no, what is he going to say about me? And uh, I believe it was Wednesday. And she was sharing some of the things, you know, that were being said at school and different thoughts about the election and, and so forth. And, and I, said, I said, you know what, honey? I said, uh, our God has seen a lot of kings in his day. Amen. And our God has seen a lot of queens, a lot of prime ministers, a lot of presidents over the course of this world's history. And it's not going to stop him from accomplishing what he's out to do. Absolutely. And uh, aren't you glad and Praise God for the fact that our God, nothing will stop our God from accomplishing his mission. And what is his mission? Reconciling everything to himself. Reconciling all of humanity, humanity, all of creation to himself. Putting things back to right. That's what Jesus Christ came to do. And if we remind ourselves, Jesus also told his disciples it was actually better for him to leave so he could send us the Holy Spirit. Now, if I was a disciple, I would think this is where Jesus has lost his mind. <laughs> that it's actually better for him to leave. Do you know how much has been done since you've been here? But it's actually better for him to leave so that he could send us the Holy Spirit. And so, church, we are not alone. God is with us through his very Holy Spirit, and he is leading. And part of the great news is that in spite of what is happening in our world or what may happen in our world, we still get to participate with God and reconciling all things to himself. And uh, there are going to be some dark moments. There will be some light moments. But just remember, in the dark moments, you are called to be the light of the world. And Jesus himself is that light. And he invites us to, to participate with him. I love what Bob Goff said when he says, we turn the pages, but God writes the story. And so we need to remember that uh, God wrote the story. And we are living this story. And um, he's going to lead us all the way, all the way to the very back of the book. And it's by grace and by his power and by his presence that we're going to get there. We just need to keep trusting. Keep trusting, keep leaning into Jesus, keep following Jesus. And as part of our series has been, keep what? Praying. Praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Um, I want to just share with you uh, a passage a lengthy passage. But uh, Tuesday, during the day of the elections, uh, our staff, we have staff meetings on Tuesday afternoon. 
And uh, we always spend time in the Word and some time in prayer before we get into our agenda. And I felt impressed that Tuesday, just not knowing where things were going to go, that we needed to spend time in Revelation chapter 5. And uh, so we did. And the finance committee and the board spent time in this passage as well. I just thought it would be good for us to marinate in this. And so I just want to share this with us as we, as we move towards wrapping up our series on prayer. Um, this is from the New American Standard Bible. And it reads, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the book or to look into it. And then I began to weep greatly because no one was found worthy to open the book or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has overcome so as to open the book and its seven seals. And I saw between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders a lamb standing as if slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one holding a harp and a golden and golden bowls full of incense, which are what? The prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them, I heard saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, what? Amen. Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. We need to remember the future that God has for us. We need to remember that God alone is on the throne forever and ever and ever and ever. And that lamb that was slain took the weight of the sins of this world so that we could be with him forever and he could make all things right again. And church, no matter who's in office, that is going to happen. And we just need to keep trusting. And we take one day at a time, and we just need to keep praying because your prayers matter. It's like incense that comes up to God, sweet-smelling aroma. It's that relationship that God has with his people. In fact, Jesus himself, Luke told us, told a parable to people to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Keep praying. See, when we keep praying, it's like we just keep showing up. And that's the important thing in life, right? Is just keep showing up. No matter what it is, you keep showing up. And prayer is God's people continuing to show up. Keep showing up. We can talk a lot about prayer. We can talk a lot of theology about prayer and what we actually believe about it and don't believe about it. 
But the bottom line is, it's something you do. I like to think praying, to pray is a verb. Yes, we can treat it like a subject, but, but it's something God's people do. They pray. And so God calls us to keep praying. Don't lose heart. I like the words of Nelson Mandela when he said, may your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. And we pray because we have hope. We pray because we really believe what God said about the future. And that's why we continue to live by faith, trusting what he said and what he's doing. But in times when we have maybe more fears than hope, we can come to God with our fears too. Remember that wonderful passage in 1 Peter 5? Cast all your fears or all your anxiety on him. Because why? Because he cares for you. So maybe this week you found yourself with more fears than hope. Or maybe you found yourself with more hopes than fears. Either way, we come to him in prayer. And we cast all of our fears upon him and we, we express all of our hopes to him. But we need to keep praying, church. Let's not lose heart. You keep praying. This week we are wrapping up the last few chapters of Timothy Keller's book on prayer. And in those chapters, he talks about how these are moments of intimacy, that prayer is an intimate thing in our relationship with God. And God wants to be intimate with us. He wants us to be intimate with him, to experience him at a very profound and personal level, deep in our hearts and our minds and in our experience. And the reason we can do that, Keller reminds us of, is because we know how much God loves us. And he reminds us of that through the cross. You know, growing up in the Adventist church, I've, I've, uh, I've enjoyed my journey. It's had its ups and downs, just like all of ours do. But you know, sometimes, I, I'm just going to say this, and I know I'll get some flack for this, but that's okay. I, I miss the cross. And in the Adventist church, you know, growing up, there was so much effort not to look anything close to Catholicism that you don't see too many crosses in Adventist churches. Now, I'm not saying next week you're going to come and we're going to have a whole bunch in the church. But I'm saying, yes, yes, we do. It's there. It's one of those, like, hidden Mickeys, you know? <laughs> Where's the cross? Can you find it? <laughs> there it is. We have one in a stained glass window back there. That's, it's the one window that's halfway covered. <laughs> um, but, church, the cross means everything to us. As people saved by Christ, the cross reminds us of how far God came to save us. The cross reminds us of how bad our sin was and how much love our God has for us. So we don't worship the cross. We don't worship an image. But we, we need things to remind us. We need things to shift us and to remind us of how important uh, the cross is of, of God's work of salvation. It reminds us how close he wants to be to us, his beloved children. It reminds us of the costliness of forgiveness. Do you thank God today that you're forgiven? Amen. Well, six of you do. That's good. <laughs> the rest of you, we've got a service after this. We're going to have an altar call. <laughs> yes, we thank God that he forgives us. But when we get forgiven, we also don't forget how costly that was for Christ. How much it cost him. But it was worth it to him. Keller says, we know the infinite cost and depth of God's faithfulness because we see Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us. And as we experience his forgiveness and his love for us, we intimately trust God's heart and love for us 
because we are reminded of it through the cross. And because of that, we can do what, what Keller invites us to do, which is, I think, essential for our well-being, and that is self-examination, of taking time to stop and to say, look at my life and to say, you know, God doesn't take sin lightly, and neither should I. And thank God that he's not holding it against me. Again, that's why he came, forgiveness of sins. But that self-examination helps me also look and say, you know, what are ways, and and this is one of the most difficult questions I think any of us can ask ourselves. And for me, it's a very painful one, and I'm sure it is for all of you as well. But to ask yourself, at the end of the day, first, let's preface it with a good one. In what ways did I experience God's love today? In what ways did I experience God extending his love and his grace to me today? Now, here's the painful way. In what way did I possibly prevent from extending the love of God today? That's a painful one for me because I don't ever want to be someone who prevents that. But we do sometimes, don't we? Sometimes our egos get in the way, our pride gets in the way. And so we don't extend love or mercy or compassion or grace or forgiveness. God, forgive me for that. But thank God for his words to us in 1 John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And because we trust God and we can trust him with our lives, with our sins, with all of who we are, we can bring our struggles to him and ask for his help. We can bring our petitions, our requests, our pleas to God, to him as our father. And we can intercede for others through prayer. I like what Keller says. He says, prayer is not merely a way to get inward peace. It's also a way to look outward and to participate with God in his work in the world. As I intercede for others, as we intercede for the labors in the Philippines, right? And the things going on and the interesting situations happening with their land and different things. We, we pray and we intercede because it's not just about me, right? Jesus came to say it's about all of us. Paul even asked the Christians in Rome to join him in his struggle by praying to God for him. And Keller notes, prayer has been called, I love this, rebellion against the world's evil status quo. Indeed, it is listed as a weapon in the spiritual warfare against the forces of darkness, Ephesians chapter 6. He goes on to say, there are two purposes of petitionary prayer. And take note of this. I think this is great. Two purposes of petitionary prayer. One is to put the world right. Thy kingdom come, right? When God's kingdom come, comes, the world begins to be put right again. And the second is to align our hearts with God. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, right? Put things right and align our hearts with God. But church, let's, let's face it. As we pray, maybe for ourselves, for family members, for friends, sometimes we wait and we wait and we wait and we wonder. And that's the most difficult part, it seems. Keller says, our perspective on timing, I love this, compared with God's is analogous to a two-year-old with an adult. God has good reasons for making us wait a long time to see some prayers answered. I think about my kids who are now older teenagers, 
And I think about when they were two and so many things that they asked for, right? And you felt bad saying no so much of the time. (laughs) But you do. Sometimes God says, this is not the best for you. This is not the best for the situation. Or maybe it's just not yet. No. Sometime later. I remember when my kids were younger and and, uh, I think it was Alana and her friend came up to me and asked if they could do something. And I said, maybe. And her friend looked at her and said, Alana, maybe means no. (laughs) And I said, well, no, it just means maybe at this point. (laughs) But sometimes when we're waiting, maybe God's saying no. Or maybe he's just saying not yet. Maybe the timing is not right. Or maybe I have something better in plan. Remember Christ's own prayer in Gethsemane? Father, if there's any way, if there's any way that this can pass, any way for this cup to pass from me, if there's any way we can accomplish this mission without me having to go through the cross, please. And then those wonderful words, nevertheless, nevertheless, your will be done, right? Thy will be done. He surrendered. And so God invites us into this thing called prayer that sometimes feels like a struggle, but it's real because life is real and the relationship with God is real. And he invites us into this daily practice. And we've talked about a lot of different things that Keller suggested and I think a lot of wonderful things. We've talked about praying scripture. We've talked about about meditating on the word. We've talked about having this conversation with, with God. But church... I want to suggest to you today that sometimes less is more. And what I mean by that is that sometimes I think having shorter prayers and conversation with God all throughout the the day is better than just having some prayer time and not praying the rest of the day. I think it's important to have that time in the morning or the night or maybe it's middle of the day for you where you just kind of get some extended time and you just get that time to just really sit and be still, to be with God, to be in the scriptures. That's essential. But it's just like regular eating. You don't want to just have one big meal in the morning and not eat all day or not eat all day and just eat at night. We need to, we need to kind of graze through the day, right? The same with our prayer life. And prayer is often associated like with breathing in the spiritual life. So we don't hold our breath. We don't exhale in the morning and wait to inhale at night. We, we breathe all through the day. And so we want to pray through the day. Because this is about a relationship with God. It's about God loving us and us loving God. It's about seeking first his kingdom. And when we pray, we seek first his kingdom. We stop what we're doing and we pray. It's about transformation of the mind and the heart and the will. It's about Christ being formed in us. It's about the overflow of God's very presence in our life, reconciling the world to himself. And so, church, I encourage you, if you don't know the Lord's Prayer that we looked at a while back, if you don't know the Lord's Prayer, memorize it. Know it. Pray it. Or maybe you memorized it, and today if we were to pray it, you might miss a couple lines or so. Know it. And pray it. And when you pray it, maybe the Holy Spirit, don't feel like you have to get from the beginning to end. Maybe as you're praying that day and you're praying the Lord's Prayer, He stops you somewhere in the middle. And then He just wants to talk with you and to be with you in that phrase or that word all through the day. And so you pray that through the day. And you have a conversation through the day. Another prayer that I shared with you a few years ago that I'm blessed by is the serenity prayer. 
If you don't know this prayer, I encourage you to, to know this one and to memorize it. And many of us have heard the first part. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference through Jesus Christ our Lord. But again, as I sh- shared with you a while back, the last part, which, which speaks to me so much too, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, and taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. That's a prayer I pray when I get up in the morning, when I'm putting my head down at the pillow, when I wake up. You ever have those nights you wake up in the middle of the night and it's only 1.30 or 2 (laughs) o'clock? I just start praying the serenity prayer, just praying it through. I love what someone said, and I don't know who said it, but I saw it this week. Those who leave everything in God's hands will eventually see God's hands in everything. It's about surrender. Surrender, and prayer is a great way God has invited us into that life of surrender, leaving everything in God's hands so that eventually we'll see God's hands in everything. I love what uh, Ed Whitlock, the Week magazine said, Ed Whitlock is one speedy senior citizen. (laughs) The 85-year-old Canadian finished the Toronto Marathon last month in October in the world record setting three hours, 56 minutes, and 33 seconds. 85 years old. Demolishing the previous record for the men's, I love this, 85 to 89 age group, more than a half an hour. Whitlock, who ran in a pair, listen to this, Whitlock, who ran in a pair of 15-year-old sneakers. (laughs) They just don't make them like they used to. (laughs) Doesn't believe in conventional race training. He says, no, I think it's physios, or I don't know how you say that, but Ice baths, massages, tempo runs, or heart rate monitors, he says. The more time you spend fiddle-diddling with this and that, the less time there is to run. (laughs) Isn't that true? That is so true. Well, church, we can talk about prayer, and there's a lot of things that distract us, a lot of devices and fiddle-diddling to distract us, but Jesus wants us praying. He wants us praying. And... uh, Church, let's not get too so distracted because before we know it, we'll say things like this. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to be in the Word. Do we have time, church? Yes. We do, don't we? But it's amazing how all the little fiddle-diddling or whatever he said kind of keeps creeping in. And before you know it, you're like, where did the time go? Well, I want to uh, start something here in Calamesa. Very simple, very simple. And I'm calling it Deep but not how you spell deep. It's D-E-A-P, all right? And it stands for this, drop everything and pray, okay? Drop everything and pray. So I'm gonna ask that every day at 9 a.m. and at 4 p.m., whatever you're doing, you drop everything and pray. And I want, I want to do this because it, it really makes a difference when you have a sense of you're a part of a community that when nine o'clock hits, I'm just going to stop everything and I'm going to pray. And I know that as I'm doing it, my brothers and sisters in Calamasa are doing it too. And so those bowls of incense, the prayers of the saints, can you imagine every day at nine, the incense from Calamasa comes. There you go. You can set a timer on your phone. I'm going to ask you to, and here's what you can do. 
Just set a timer for 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. and just put in there D-E-A-P, right? So when that comes up on your phone and someone goes, what's DAP? DAP or whatever that is. Oh, it's deep. It means drop everything and pray. I'm supposed to pray right now. You want to join me? <laughs> right? But now it doesn't have to be, you know, a 30-minute prayer. It doesn't have to be, but just take a minute to pause. And maybe it means you just need to stop and be still and know that he's God and whatever's going on in your world at that moment. Just to drop everything and pray at 9 and at 4 o'clock every day. Now, there's also, um, now, I don't want to get too much into the, how do you say it, fiddle diddling. <laughs> but uh, some of you may be aware or not aware, there's an app. Uh, it's a prayer app. And I actually love it. It's called Echo. And I use it on my iPhone, but they have it on other formats too. And what it is, is I just set up, I put in my prayers for people, situations, and so forth. And I create this list. And I have it set, you can set it up any way you want, but I have it set up to um, alert me every hour. And it picks randomly from my prayer list. And it just pops up. And so I can be in a meeting or whatever, and it pops up and it's like, pray for whoever I'm praying for. And so I can still be in a meeting. You can still be in a meeting and pray, right? And, and you pray. And so if that's something you find helpful, I recommend it. I like it. It keeps, me, it keeps me praying through the day, and it also keeps other needs before me besides my own. And I find that very, very uh, helpful. So deep, an echo, but church, we want to pray. We want to keep praying. I want to close with this psalm today. It's from Psalms 46. I thought it appropriate for just where we're at this week. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns. The nations are in an uproar. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. See what desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Church, this God, this God wants us to pray. And this God wants us to be in relationship with him. Let's join him, no matter what happens in our world. Let's pray because we have hope, more hope than fear, because the lamb has overcome. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, what great deep joy and peace is found in you and in you alone. Though the mountains tremble and if they were to fall into the sea, though the nations are in uproar, you are God, and you are our refuge, and you are our strength. So help us to be still. Calm our anxious hearts and minds. 
and help us just to know and trust that you are God. Thank you for this gift of prayer that you, the God of the universe and beyond, would want to have conversations with us. We are humbled and we feel loved. So Jesus, we are your disciples. You are the master. Continue to teach us. Continue to help us listen and to, and to do the things you ask us to do as we have these conversations with you. And thank you, Jesus, for the cross so we can have these conversations. And Lord, how great it is, again, that someday this earth is going to be made new. Someday there will be a new creation. We will be transformed. And so, Lord, how great is it that the conversation we have with you today will never end, but will go on into the earth made new. Would you take a moment now in silent prayer to talk with Jesus? Or maybe today you just need to be still and know that he is God. And now as we go, may we go praying. Remember this week, let's drop everything and pray. Trust God, he will lead us. God bless you all.